Woohoo! It's time for number 208. Let's get it rolling. What's up? Thank you so much for stopping by the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm so very excited that you're here. I'm Katie Kremitzos. This podcast exists because it is a place for you to access very authentic stories from business women so you can hear the ups, the downs, the tools, the strategies, all sorts of good stuff so that you can let it impact your business the way that you need to right now. If this is your first time stopping by the podcast, thank you so much. I really appreciate that you're here. If you're a longtime listener, you rock, you're awesome. Thank you so much for coming back and listening to these stories. There always, always is something to learn here. And whether you're new or a longtime listener, make sure that you go opt in at bizwomenrock.com because you will not only get updated on what's going on on the podcast, but you will definitely get into the trenches of the entire Biz Women Rock community, which includes a lot of phenomenal resources for you, okay? bizwomenrock.com. My guest today is Amy Britt, and she founded a company called Britt Banter. She had been in public relations for a long time and has a really cool story as to how she started this company because uh, she basically up and left in what I'm calling she had like an eat, pray, love moment, <laughs> like a year, uh, and, uh, and came back. Uh, learned a lot of things, came back and started Brit Banter with a mission to allow PR to bring good to the world. And um, oh, I love this conversation because there are two major players uh, of attitude that come from her. Number one is how to have a mission-driven company and how to do that in whatever industry that you're in. So I thought that that is super, super interesting. The second is that you will find that her passion is truly for building team culture and for raising up really good leaders within her own company and all the cool ways that she's done that. So uh, if you are building a team, if you are a person of one and works with independent contractors right now, or if you are building up a team or have 20 people or 100 people in your organization, this is such a cool vantage point of, you know, how you can really drive a team all together towards, uh, you know, mission-driven goals and do it in a way that is really impactful for the individual who is working in your company and the team as a whole. Love it. It's just amazing. It'll blow your mind. Remember, if you really get something from this, make sure you go to bizwomenrock.com forward slash 208 and leave a comment. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you got out of this. Let me know what hit you right between the eyes that you needed to see. And Amy said, um, I would love to know your feedback. Okay, let's get going with Amy. Amy, what's going on, girl? Thank you so much for being on the show. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. I have a feeling that um, if you and I were really sitting in a coffee shop and, you know, just chatting it up, which is what I always want this interview to feel like, I think that we would just giggle through the entire thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think we spent the last few minutes doing exactly that. Yeah. So I would agree. <laughs> well, let it, let's let everyone else in on all the fun conversation. Um, I'm really excited to have you here. I love, love, love 
using this platform to really highlight women who are just rocking it, building really great companies and have um, really great stories to tell about that. So you have been running um, your PR company, uh, Brit Banter, for quite some time for the past eight years, we discovered, and um, and doing it very, very, very well. And, um, and I'm always curious to know kind of what the starter story was. Like, what were you doing right before you started the company and what really precipitated that jump into your first entrepreneurial pursuit? Well, I, I had been doing PR for a number of years for some of the top global PR firms and doing really well, but they came to me at a certain point and asked me to start working on um, a campaign that I didn't really believe in morally. And so I had that epiphany of, okay, what do I do? Do I sacrifice my morals for the big office and the great money or do I do something else? And I, I quit my job. I packed up my apartment and left for Africa for a year. Whoa, whoa, like, that's a decision. <laughs> <laughs> this is not what I want to do. I need to sort of reevaluate. And so I did. I went and I lived out of a tent with no running water or electricity for a year. How cool. What part of Africa? I was in Kenya, Tanzania, Malawi, Zambia, and Zimbabwe. Wow. It is not for the faint of heart. I can say that for sure. But you meet all these incredible people that have their cow sitting in their backyard their house has no door. They have no shoes. Their trash goes the same place where the cow is. And they have nothing, but yet they were the happiest people ever. Mm-hmm. And that was just amazing to me. So when I came back, I started doing some freelance here and there for companies that were, you know, doing more. They were helping with, like, the MIT Think Lab, or they were getting involved in trying to end the genocide over in Darfur, things that were really making a difference. And I sat back and said, this is what PR can be there is something that my career can do that will be incredible. And so that's when I decided to start my own company where I could work on the clients that I believed in and because I wanted to be a part of their success. You know, I got to say that that when it comes to PR as kind of an industry, and this is an ignorant, probably an ignorant perspective because I'm not super intimate with the industry, but it, it feels very, it feels very, um, I don't know. Like there are very few PR companies that I feel like have depth. Like otherwise it's just about getting the message out, get the message out, get the message out and and whatever kind of whatever sexy stuff sells, you know, to get the message out will do. So did you feel intimidated at all that like, wow, this isn't really popular in the industry to do stuff that was really deep and (laughs) meaningful or like how did you approach that? I, I was incredibly lucky, which you'll hear me say a lot. I, I don't know how I ended up to the stars aligning and, and many times throughout this journey, but um, people who I had worked with in the past who had been clients who sort of kept in touch with me throughout that time I took off, and when I came back and said, this is what I want to do, they jumped on board. Wow. So I had some pretty big clients from the start, including Starwood Hotels and Resorts, who, who came to me, and they were one of my first major clients. That's huge. And that's incredible. Yeah. And to see them believe in, in doing the, the good and wanting to be part of something like that is, it gives you so much hope in everything. So how did you approach like setting up the culture of your company? That's one thing I definitely noticed about even just going to your website. I mean, the language you use on there is very different the way, I mean, even the labels you have for your job descriptions, I mean, is, is not CEO, you know, it's, it's very fun. And so I would imagine that the culture that you have now definitely kind of started back in the very early days as far as how you as a company were being perceived and interacting. What kind of things did you put into place in the very beginning about, especially because you had this vision of really and mission of of what you wanted PR to be, what kind of things culturally did you do to establish this is how we're going to do do our work and this is how we're going to, you know, have these clients? 
Well, it was, it was a couple of things. Way back in the day working in corporate America, I would always say I never wanted to climb the ladder. I loved what I did. I didn't need to be the VP. I didn't need to you know, have the giant title. I just wanted to be happy and doing what I loved. And you looked at, I don't know if you remember Small World, which is still sort of around, but it was this invite-only sort of social media back when Facebook was even just starting. And everyone's title on there was CEO. Mm. CEO this, CEO that, to the point of, did you take it seriously? And does it mean anything? Right. And also, one of the, the lessons I've learned, it's really easy to do when you start your own company or you find any success, is that you start to take yourself too seriously. Like you can sit around and brag about yourself and really get caught up in your own sort of crap, for le- lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. And I think when you start taking yourself too seriously, you lose the point. You've got to wake up and have fun every day and be happy and just enjoy it and enjoy the small victories. We, we have champagne. We have a champagne fridge in the office for every small victory. Nice. There's <laughs> a bottle of champagne. Somebody did incredibly well with the press release. There's a bottle of champagne because we, we enjoy it. And so that's the way I wanted to start the company. I also had a couple experiences where I had bosses who pitted me against other people on the team mm-hmm. and made it very competitive. You know, well, she got this. What did you get? Well, she got. And that's, I hated going to work. I had nightmares. She and I actually both quit at the same time. Wow. <laughs> Just to show it doesn't work. So I was really careful that at the end of the day, everybody wins. Everybody has a good time and you go home happy. No one should dread coming to work here. Right, so right. that's that was one of the, the main goals of setting up the company. So everybody is on the same level. And one of the interesting things, and not to go into specifically about my industry, but PR has changed more in the past 100 years than any other business. What PR was when I started at 22 and what it is now is night and day. So the only way I can survive is by constantly learning from the girls who come in and work with me, and, and I hate to say it for me, but... So everybody should have a voice. I need to constantly learn from them as much as they learn from me. Right. right. So that's the way we sort of set things up here. Well, take a second to describe your services because I think, you know, even within the PR niche, every firm can really niche down and really specialize in something very specific. So what does, what do, what do you really specialize in and what's your forte? So that is one of the things that's a little bit different about us. A lot of PR firms focus on one industry, like it might be travel or um, business or tech. We really specialize in media relations. In the various sort of companies that I worked in the past, PR firms, I was part of this, this sort of rescue team. When they couldn't get any coverage for a client, they'd bring in the rescue team and we'd, we'd make it happen so that we'd create the stories that were in the right way that we'd get the coverage. So I've sort of turned the agency into sort of a permanent rescue team where all of our clients we get amazing coverage for and we never make any of our clients sort of compete against each other. Because if you have, let's say, all beauty and an editor calls you up and says, we're doing a beauty story, we need a great beauty product, you then have to look at your 25 clients and go, okay, who am I going to give this to? Got it. And you're creating a competition in your sort of firm. So we don't believe in that. All of our clients are completely different. But we specialize in media relations and telling a story, helping to build a brand and then we dabble in crisis management, unfortunately. <laughs> I think every company has to do that, right? <laughs> so we, we, we a little bit more than, than others. We, we work with an a international law firm um, and help them on a lot of different projects that they have come through their doors. Well, you have, like, you have celebrities as clients as well, too. So you're really dealing kind of in that echelon of whatever is happening in their life you have to deal with, right? Correct. 
Correct. But I will say most of the celebrities that we're dealing with are attached to a, a major brand. So it's always about, again, protecting that brand, telling the story of that product or that venue or that property. Gotcha. What what have you found over the years? Um, and this is, I really want to get into how you distinguished yourself because, you know, you started this company saying, I was going to use PR to really push an agenda forward of like doing great things, right? So in in your media relations, how how are you doing that? Like, how, is there certain ways that you're crafting a story? Are there only certain types of clients that you'll take on? Um, you know, how are you how are you making sure that um, how you're using your company is in line with what you started it for? Um, it's a, it's a couple of things. One, we we make sure that the massive majority of our clients have a charity aspect, something that is giving back and doing something that's good. Don't get me wrong; I'm not going to take on, you know, a vapid company if they have a charity angle. Um, some of our clients, it's it's helping them achieve. We have this incredible woman who's 23 years old who just graduated from college. She's starting a company, and we're behind her 100. percent She's amazing and incredible. So we're making sure that every client that we take on either has a charity aspect or has an incredible story that we want to see succeed. Taking on the little guy and helping them actually do well. That's what we love doing. Mm-hmm. So we've we've kept true to that word of, of making sure that, as I joke around with the girls all the time, is using your powers for good. PR can be incredibly influential in so many ways. And it's important when you get up in the morning and you go out and you, you do pitch that story or you get that great segment on the Today Show that it's for good, that it's not just, you know, is it a pretty color this month? Right, it's, right. Is it helping someone? Is it going to enable someone in the future? Is it going to, you know, bring this beautiful story? Are you going to see people doing the right thing? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what's important in the back of what we do. So we, we do pick and choose our clients. We don't take on every client that comes to us. And we've even fired some clients once we've worked with them and saw maybe it wasn't in the right vein that we had hoped it was. I don't have a problem doing that. I'd rather suffer through than, than do something I don't believe in. So that's a big thing for us. And then, like I said before, is I don't ever want our clients to compete against each other. I'm very honest in meetings, which I think also <laughs> sets us apart, is I will tell them flat out, you're not going to get on the Today Show, or this isn't going to be in every single thing tomorrow. But And I will, I will push back and be incredibly and brutally honest and I think that that has helped set us apart in many ways. Don't get me wrong. We're not everybody's style. But the clients we do have, we have very deep relationships with. And they trust us and we trust them. And we work together instead of just yesing them to death. Right. And it, I think that's pretty rare, actually, because you need to have a, a very honest way of setting expectations for your clients other than just like, you know, a lot of a lot of PR firms are like, yeah, 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 we'll get you everywhere. We'll get you everywhere. You need to stay with us for three years. And that's, you know, what we're, what you need to do. And it's a time game. And when they don't see results, oh, it's a time game, which it is PR is a time game. But um, so what, how do you structure your, your packages or like how you, you know, how you deal with clients in that sense? Like, are they is there a certain like contractual agreement that you have a certain minimum amount of time? Is it you know, like, are you going retainer with them? Or is it like project based? Like if somebody's launching a book or what's what's kind of the structure? So we definitely do retainer. Um, and we typically do three, six month or year long contracts. But we do have in there that if we're not achieving X, Y, and Z goals by the three month or six month mark, that we will no longer charge you and that we will continue on until we do achieve those goals. Wow. wow. Have you ever had to employ that? 
Um, once or twice we did. We actually had a, a travel client recently, this amazing hotel up in Stowe, Vermont, and we had brought them on. And in, in the first two months, we weren't getting that giant exclusive that we wanted to get out of the gate instead of just pitching everything. And so I did. I sat the owners down and said, look, I know we're not where we should be, so we're going to continue on. We're not going to charge you. We, they just got named by Condé Nast Traveler, one of the top 30 brand new hotels in the world. Wow. That's a big get. They only opened in January. Wow. So, That's yeah. huge. Yeah. And we got them. Um, Town & Country did a, their first ever Periscope and let us do the first ever Periscope from their hotel. So we've, we've definitely gone back and said, we can do this. We just needed some time and we believed it as much. And so we, we invested as well. And obviously, they're, they're thrilled. Amy, what role do you play in your company? And and I kind of want to ask this inside the larger question of like how like how your team works. How have you structured it? I mean, it sounds like it's very like a very democratic, you know, uh, team in that, you know, everyone sort of has a role. They're, you're learning from each other. It's structured a certain way. So what is that structure and what role do you play in the team? Um, we're very flat. So that's, that's the way we're sort of set up. But every morning we have a team meeting where we go through all of our clients and everybody sits in on us so that everybody can sort of throw in ideas or offer other suggestions or find ways to tie together. Um, and then everybody goes off and works. There isn't really sort of a specific, you're above her, you've been above her. Everybody gets certain aspects of a client that they dig in on and they're responsible for. But I try so hard to make sure that there is no hierarchy here. And that's a big part of it. Um, my sort of role is is to drive the girls. I have incredibly, incredibly smart girls. Some that probably didn't even think they would go into PR, but ended up finding us and love it. So a lot of my role is helping them believe in themselves. I have a, a girl here, Nicole, who I love to death, and she interned for me twice, and then came back and worked for me, and has been for me, been working for me ever since. Where she would come in and be like, oh, I don't know. I don't think I can do this. I'm a little nervous. She now is getting Reuters and Wall Street Journal and everything else. She gets incredible, incredible in-depth feature stories for our clients. And she just needed someone to sort of push her and believe in her. So that's a lot of what I do during the day is sort of sit and talk things out with them, push them, drive them, and, and help them see what they are, they're capable of. Are you, are you the rainmaker still or is like, like, are you the one in charge of getting most of the clients still or do you have, are, are like part of your team doing that as well? I am going back to that incredibly lucky and I'm going to knock on wood. Um, all the clients that we have have come through word of mouth. Wow. So we're not out there doing the whole RFP pitch for clients, go in and do the show and tell them the big dance. People have been calling us up saying, we're told we should work with you, or we got your name from so-and-so, or we heard you did this. And so we, we're still going through on just word of mouth, knock on wood. Wow, that's incredible. It's, it's huge. It's huge. I I'm, I'm, can't even say how, how humbled and, and lucky we are by that. After eight years of having your business, and that's a, that's a really strong foundation. That's awesome. It's, it's amazing. Like I said, I think it comes from all of us being happy and loving what we do and being really good and honest to our clients. What? Which you don't hear often in PR, by the way. No, no, you really don't. I mean, more than likely you have, if you have happy clients, it's because they're happy because they're so, uh, they're happy to be with a different company because the last company screwed them over so bad. <laughs> you know, that's when you get the happy client. Um, we have so many clients who come to us and I, that all of them have a PR horror story. I think if you ask <laughs> anyone you know, they've had a PR horror story where they've spent 
20 grand and come out with nothing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough. I'd love to get your vantage point on how you are specifically utilizing social media as a part of your PR landscape and what is possible for you. Because um, obviously, I mean, I know that you do media relations and it's really all over the place and you're doing a little bit of everything in, in any kind of media outlet that you can. How does how has social media fit into that space for you? So, you know, social media is one of those things that when I first started almost 20 years ago, it didn't exist. So it's been an interesting road to learn and, and see how impactful social media can be. One of the biggest things, and I think the overarching message in terms of my company, if I had to say like one word, is strategy. We're really big on putting the puzzle together of how everything will sort of create momentum and fit into each other. So it's not like here's a burst of PR where you're in 20 different places and then two months later it's nowhere. Right, right. So strategy is huge and social media plays a massive role in that. It goes from, you know, where maybe you just got one placement to then putting it out through your social media and watching that go viral or having the conversations. And it, it cracks me up when I have girls come in to interview and they have social media on their resume. And I'm like, oh, so tell me what you know about social media and doing it for a larger company or a brand. And they're like, well, I update my own status. <laughs> Doesn't quite work that way. <laughs> That's great. That, that gets to qualify for a resume builder? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Um, but, you know, social media is so much about interaction. We're used to the old school of PR where you put out a story, you put it on the Today Show and it's out there and you get this massive return on investment. Or with social media, it's all about who are you talking to and what are they saying back. Right. And you can't talk at people. You really, really have to talk with them. And interacting and having that conversation with press and, you know, customers and clients and consumers is huge and it creates this sort of, you know, massive, massive momentum that combined with PR is is incredible to watch a brand build very quickly. Granted, it can also take down a brand in the same amount of time, actually half the time. So it's an important to be sort of socially responsible when it comes to your social media. Yeah, most, yeah, definitely socially responsible. <laughs> we actually teach a boot camp for um, CEOs and executives who think they understand it and don't, and also underestimate the value. We had a, I have this great um, client who's finance guy, takes himself very seriously, and I explained that we needed to start a Twitter for his company. He's like, I'm in finance. We don't need Twitter. <laughs> well... <laughs> So we, we started, I made a bet with him. It took, you know, finance guys, it's got to be a bet. So we made a bet and it went from his name and his company name being down like fourth or fifth on Google and Twitter. Once we started tweeting and putting in the right hashtags and talking to the right people, he's now number one wow. and it happened three weeks. Wow. Three weeks. Yeah. It, it changes everything. You just have to understand how to use it. Yeah. Amy, how... I was telling you this before uh, before we went live, but like I always have like this vision of the PR girl and the media girl who is like, you know, sex in the city, Samantha, and she's always busy. She's always on her cell phone. She's always on the computer and she's always like trying to stay on top of everything. What does your life look like that? And how do you how do you manage this? Because this seems like an industry that you have to like keep up on 24 seven. So how are you actually managing like the flow of information and the business of this industry? Um, you know, on, on one hand, it's, it's hundred percent accurate. You really have to be a little ADHD to be in this business because you are always one eye on the television. I have a TV in my office that's constantly going. 
so that I can keep up on any news or breaking news. I've got a pile of magazines. There's newspapers that come in at the same time of writing proposals and, you know, keeping up on any of our editors that might need something and listen to our clients' problems. So there's, there is always that a lot going on. We were actually at a client event over the weekend out at Coachella with, the, <clears throat> with some certain celebrities, which we won't mention. And there, we walked into this pool party, myself and the, and the girls that I had with me, and we were obviously dressed a certain way. And one of the clients came up to me. They're like, you guys must be the PR girls. <laughs> like, why would you say that? He's like, well, you're in heels and nicely dressed, and it's a pool party. <laughs> Fair enough. Get your bathing suits on, girls. Come on. <laughs> so there is definitely some of that sex in the city aspect to it. But I think I told you earlier, it's really important not to take yourself too seriously yeah. and to still have fun with it. So I, I love one of the girls came to me when we were – trying to come up with pitching ideas. We got this editor request for Valentine's Day gifts for single moms. Now, you know, most publicists would sit down and go, okay, what are you thinking? Something that gives you more time, something that helps you be a better mom. No, no, one of the girls on my team came up with vodka. (laughs) So, yeah, we pitched vodka as the perfect Valentine's gift for the single mother. Love it. so it is, again, it's a lot about just not taking yourself seriously and, and having fun, but there is a certain element of when you're sitting in a meeting, you need to know what, what the latest movie is, what the hottest trend is, what celebrity is important, who knows what name. So we divide and conquer. We each read a different newspaper every morning, and everybody's assigned certain magazines each month to make sure we keep up on, on everything out there. That's really cool. By the way, this would not be the industry for me, and I know that about myself because I don't even have a TV. I don't own a TV. I rely on my dad who lives in Arizona to tell me what the weather's going to be like in Florida because <laughs> he watches the Weather Channel all the time. He's usually the one telling me like, hey, hurricane whatever is off the coast. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I am so – and, you know, like my team here will talk about – whatever latest episode of something happened and did you hear about this celebrity? I'm like, I'm so out of the loop. So yeah, so at least I know that, you know, I, I chose well and, you know, I'm not in the wrong industry. <laughs> That's what matters. Are you happy? <laughs> exactly. Oh my goodness. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about some of your personal and professional habits because I'm always really curious as to what makes business women tick, what makes them really produce at the level that they can produce to, you know, to build their businesses in the way that they have been able to build. So, what kind of let's start with this. Like what kind of like morning routine do you have that helps you get get your day started right and helps you, you know, really kind of push the day forward? So are we going to get that intimate? Okay, so when I wake up, I'm in my bed. <laughs> hey, I can mark this episode explicit. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. All right, now we're going to really talking. So um, I do. I wake up. It's probably the reason I'm still single is that my, my phone sleeps next to my pillow. Um, and I will wake up in the morning and the, that's the first thing I start doing is, you know, looking at each client. I'm on LinkedIn, um, looking through everybody's updates and putting up articles that I find interesting and sharing them and sending things out to the girls like, Hey, we should read this or this looks great. Um, and then I go for a run, uh, running has, has really sort of helped keep my sanity for lack of a better term. Um, not a big runner like a 5k and I feel like that's a marathon. I'm good. Nice. Great. That's good. <laughs> and then I'll, you know, I'm, I'm not a coffee drinker either, which is sort of odd. I think for most publicists, I'm a big tea, iced tea drinker. So I'll pick up an iced tea and go to the newsstand and just sit and look at the magazines that are out, make sure there aren't any new ones out that we don't know about or what trends or what seems to be on all of the covers or the newspapers um, and see also how people are interacting with them which also helps us when we're, we're thinking of the stories and the type of clients and, and people we're trying to reach. Um, 
and then I'm, I'm into the office and go through emails and we have our great morning meeting which we have a blast with. There's a bunch of games we play in the morning just to get each other revved up and to laugh. And then, and then the day sort of gets going. I think from about 10 o'clock on, the phone is nonstop ringing and, and there's a million emails. So that's, that's the best way I get going. Wow. What do you do to maintain your productivity? Um, you know, that's a good way to get the day started. But what do you do? <laughs> you know, what sort of like tools do you really utilize to make sure you're being productive, to make sure you're, you're using your time efficiently? Um, well, this is going to sound so cliche, but loving what you do, loving every single client and getting excited about every success for them. I mean, we, all of us will say it's like a high when we see one of our clients that got this great interview, that this incredible article that, that something came out success, which just drives you. But we do, I'm a big list person. I'm very tangible. You know, there's this great exercise and I do it with every girl that comes in to work with us or, and boy, um, is if you write down your senses and the order you're most willing um, to not give them up. I did that wrong. So if you start with what's the one that you could never, ever, ever live without to the one that you could give up, okay, it's actually the best way. You, it's the best way you take in information. Really? So some people are very. Yeah, it's really interesting. If you don't tell people and you say, "Can you write down your senses in order of importance to yourself?" You'll find there might be someone that you're trying to get through to that you can't, and once you find out the best way that they take in, it'll make a world of difference. Oh, that's so whether they need to be shown because it might be sight or whether they need to hear it or, you know, hands-on actually do it. I'm a very sort of sight-oriented person. I need to see a list and cross off each item. It's so important to me. So we actually have a list for all the girls that the entire team has of who's responsible for it, what it is, and when's the deadline and set up an Excel that we go through in the morning. So it keeps us all on track and everybody knows what's due when and, and we can plan ahead at the same time. Hmm. That's a really good. Cool, I've never really heard that. I think that's really fascinating. It's awesome. There's a great website, and here's a plug: um, businessballs.com. Balls with a Z. Okay. <laughs> they have a, a million great things on there. Everything from emotional intelligence to you know great sort of team building activities to anything you can think of. Cool. Very cool. I'll make sure to put that in the show notes. Um, what about what about a really tough time or you know a, any series of tough times? Like, has there been a moment in your business when it just sucked and you didn't feel like you could continue or you just wanted to give up or just it was really, really low. And how did you get through it? I, I think any entrepreneur will tell you that you're on the cusp of a bad time at any point. You know, if you actually sit down and think about day to day, it might sort of freak you out. But if you continue to think about the big picture, like, okay, sure, maybe the next week or two weeks are going to be tough financially. But you know, in, in the three months, six months, it's all going to be good. I try and keep stepping back and looking at the bigger picture and not drilling down on the little itty bitty things, I think is hugely, hugely important. Um, the toughest lesson I think I've gotten is when it's your own business, you take it incredibly personally. Every person that works for you is, is so important and special to you and every client is, you know, incredibly important. And one thing someone told me a long time ago and I learned it the hard way is that not everybody feels the same way. Mm. You have staff members who may may leave, and it just it breaks your heart. And you obviously want to see them to go on and succeed and do well and and move up, and that's important. You want that for them, but I think it's it's a tough lesson when they do leave. It's like a mom and kids go off to college. You want them to go off and go to college and succeed and do so well, but it's it's a rough moment when they go. Yeah. Hmm. And I want to 
really wrap all this up by asking you where, like, where do you really see this going? You've been pumping at this for eight years. <laughs> I mean, and you've built up something really incredible. What's what's the big vision? Like, um, you know, not necessarily so much in strategy on how you're getting there and what's the next step, but like, yeah. what is you started this company with this big, massive mission of utilizing PR to to really bring good out to the world. So, what's the big mission? What's the big vision? And how do you see it continuing in the future? So one of the things I love about my job now, obviously I, I love PR, but the, the best thing about it is we put together these training programs that are a part of anybody who works here. So when you start your first year, you take on PR 101 and media training boot camp and, and all these great classes that I've over the years written and, and put together and we've got books. It's continuing to educate and expanding sort of that education program so that everyone here is really knowledgeable and really knows everything backwards and forwards and feels confident in what they do. And also, we want to start to build in a volunteering program so that every employee once a month is required to do eight hours of community service in some way. Very cool. Yeah. I love that. So really being able to have an effect and a really deep impact on the on your team. Yeah. I want to see them do great with, you know, work-life balance and how to teach them to do that. Love that. Very, very cool. Well, Amy, it has been such a pleasure and I just really appreciate um, your candidness and your willingness to be here and share so much about your journey. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. I love you guys and all the interviews that you do. Please keep it up. Once again, bizwomenrock.com forward slash 208. Or if you forget that, just go to bizwomenrock.com and look up Amy. Search for Amy Look for Amy Britt and uh, go read the show notes there. Uh, there are a couple of links to resources that we talked about and uh, some super cool quotes that she had. And leave a comment there. And let me know what you thought, what you really took away from this. What I took away from this was um, a couple of really cool things on how she managed the culture and the growth of her team. Um, one, I thought it was really interesting that the way that they all kept up to date about you know, kind of the latest and greatest news and what's going on is that they divide and conquer. Uh, you know, they really divide up sort of the world news so that the team can all work together. Loved that they had a daily meeting that was fun. If you caught, she really said that they are, they're always playing games in that meeting. They're doing some fun stuff. If you have ever been in corporate and I have too, so I'm shuddering in this moment that I'm talking to you about this, it, uh, being in those uh, daily or even weekly meetings suck because they're boring. Everyone's like, at least in my experience, everyone like talks about nonsense and whatever TV shows that they watch for 45 minutes. And then the last 15 minutes, you might actually get down to what you really needed to talk about. So I always thought it was a big waste of time. Uh, but it sounds like Amy really has done uh, great things to make sure that that meeting is inspiring, um, that everyone gets on the same page and that it's productive. And, um, and I just love that she has built out programs throughout these years for her own internal use that has allowed her team to really get up to speed and trained correctly according to the culture. And she takes so much pride and love in cultivating this team and cultivating not only like, you know, what they're doing for a living, but like part of who they are as people. I really, she's a beautiful mentor. I mean, that's really what I got out of it, a, like a business mentor. So, um, man, it was just really powerful the way that she was really able to explain that and how she has stayed along her mission this whole time. So hope you got as much out of that as I did, and I will see you on the next episode. Mm -hmm.